Spectrum Business works with small businesses nationwide, so we know that running your own business means doing it all. Marketing, sales, inventory, customer service, and more. Spectrum One for Business helps you keep it all connected for just $49.99 a month. Get fast, reliable internet, advanced Wi-Fi with security shield, and a free mobile line for one low price. Stay connected and do it all with Spectrum One for Business. Only $49.99 a month. Go to spectrum.com slash business to learn more. Restrictions apply. Service is not available in all areas. I won't never sell my soul. And I can take that. Show you with all my attention. He be like, yikes. What's the hype? This is something like. You better lose this house in the music. The moment you own it, you better never let it go. Grammy nominated in the sign of shedding tears. All this money, power, fame, and I can't make you win, What's up, guys? It's Jordan Rowling, host and producer of Billboard News. And I'm Gary Trust, Billboard's senior director of charts. And you're listening to This Week in Billboard News. In this episode, we're talking Roddy Rich's Billboard cover story, new details about Justin Bieber's wedding, Nicki Minaj's thoughts on Kendrick Lamar, Eminem's surprise Oscars performance, a new Nipsey Hustle documentary, 3-6 Mafia's comeback tour, new music from Janet Jackson, plus an appearance from her and Bruno Mars at Essence Festival, the Backstreet Boys spill the tea, and all things charts. Let's dive on in. I won't never sell my soul And I can take that And I really wanna know the celebrations continue for Roddy Rich, who's Billboard's cover artist this week. If you don't already know, most recently the 21-year-old rapper won his first Grammy Award for Best Rap Performance as a featured artist on Nipsey Hussle's Racks in the Middle. His defiant single, The Box, has hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100, and his debut album, Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial, topped the Billboard 200. Gary, how long for each? Yeah, still number one on the Hot 100 for a fifth week and running. Uh, three weeks at number one on the Billboard 200. Well, Roddy caught up with Billboard's hip pop editor Carl Lamar for his cover story and the LA native told Carl all about drawing inspiration from his Compton roots breaking through in the industry using YouTube and of course about the success of The Box a song he says was inspired by his life I don't know it was like 6 o'clock in the morning when I made it I was in New York and I don't know I just I was like I was probably like 8 9 songs in and I kind of just wanted to keep the vibes going so when I made it I made the song and then I put the little door noise at the end after after the song was done. They thought it was finished, but I knew it wasn't done. So, yeah, my inspiration was my life, I guess you could say. It may not have landed on the charts, but Roddy's first hit on YouTube was Baby Boy back in 2017. of that song, which depicted his strained relationship with his stepfather and was filmed in the heart of Compton, he told Carl, back then we had such a naked mind. We were showing off our realities. Like, this is what happened when I was 15. I couldn't make this up. This is my real life story. And now Roddy is the number two most played artist on YouTube so far in 2020. His daily views have reached as high as 11.5 million, with the box accounting for over 197 million total on the platform through its lyrics, audio, and fan-made videos. And the official music video isn't even out yet. Yeah, Rich uh, promises an official proper video for the box soon. Atlantic Records recently told us the same. Although even without it, YouTube streams have helped him level up to much more established pop stars. Speaking of two of them specifically, Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez, and he's having fun with his new chart-topping status. So you might remember the box seemed primed for a showdown with Bieber's Yummy, and Bieber urged fans to stream his song in its first week on every platform, and Rich encouraged his own fans to do the same for Bieber. 
The Still the Box ultimately kept Yummy from number one. A week later, Rich found himself in a similar position. Gomez released her new album, Rare, and she pushed her fans to buy it. Again, Rich advocated for his followers to support her. I always have positive intentions, he says. Rare did hit number one, but please excuse me for being antisocial, was just behind it. You gotta love a little friendly competition, right? <laughs> well, in Roddy's cover story, he talked about so much more. So for that full article, just hit up billboard.com. Shall we with all my attention? The latest episode of Justin Bieber's YouTube docuseries Seasons is all about his and Haley's wedding, with never-before-seen footage of their big day and fun-filled reception. But the biggest revelation to come from officially Mr. and Mrs. Bieber, Justin finally got to sing One Less Lonely Girl to his Forever Girl. The song was released back in 2009 at the beginning of Bieber's breakthrough and hit number 16 on the Hot 100. Yeah, so as the story goes, during their wedding reception, Haley Bieber realized she had never been a one less lonely girl at one of Justin's shows. So Allison Kay from Justin's management team told Haley to go up on stage and make her Bieber dreams come true. In an interview in the season's episode, Haley says, I was giddy as if it was really happening on stage. It was just so silly and cute. Yeah, fans get to see just about every aspect of the Bieber wedding throughout the 11-minute episode from both Justin and Haley getting ready to usher singing an acapella rendition of his hit Bad Girl during the cake cutting. And though the affair was kept to about 150 people, the footage shows that Kendall, Chris, and Kylie Jenner and Stormy were all in attendance, as well as Dan and Shay, who performed during the reception. Wish time wasn't on my side Oh, yes, I'll hurry up also featured in the episode is another track from Bieber's new album, Changes, called That's What Love Is, which Justin sang for the first time at the reception. A snippet of the acoustic ballad then plays as Justin explains that That's What Love Is is about the fact that, quote, not everything needs to be physical. I love her without needing to touch her. The episode closes with the One Less Lonely Girl segment, which finishes like we're pretty sure it never has before. Justin handing out a kiss. <laughs> nice, Jordan, that there's been some serious stuff in this docuseries. Nice to see some lighter side on this one. Totally. Changes is out now. For more in-depth discussion about the album, check out the latest episode of another Billboard podcast for a stream out now. And head to Billboard.com for all the latest on Justin's YouTube docuseries seasons. Yikes. Yes, it's tight, but it doesn't bite. Whip it right. He be like, yikes. Nicki Minaj has an answer for fans wondering why she and Kendrick Lamar still haven't jumped in the booth together. In the first 2020 episode of Queen Radio on Apple Music's Beats 1, and on the heels of releasing her first single of the year, Yikes, plus a social media feud with her ex, Meek Mill, Nicki jokingly had this to say. The reason why I haven't collaborated with Kendrick Lamar yet is because he don't want to get wild. Washed, meaning Kendrick doesn't want to look so far. It's definitely a joke. They would both surely sound great. She went on to say that she respects Kendrick's craft and hopes to work with him in the near future. I'm a huge fan of him and his mm -hmm. talent. And, you know, I'm looking forward to collaborating with him one day, hopefully, because he's animated. And I like the, you know, the animation and all that stuff. But also, he just respects the craft of rap. For our full recap of all that went down in the episode, head to Billboard.com. <laughs> The moment you own it, you better never let it go. You only get one shot.
During the Academy Awards 17 years ago, Eminem's Lose Yourself nabbed the trophy for Best Original Song, a win that the rapper didn't show up to celebrate. And that made a surprise performance of the 8 Mile Hot 100 number one at this year's ceremony, the jaw drop moment of the night. Many celebrities and musical artists took to social media to praise the rapper for his performance, but one in particular stood out. Barbara Streisand congratulated Eminem on his surprise performance, sharing on Instagram his post of her giving one of Eminem's collaborators, instead of Eminem himself, the Best Original Song Oscar for Lose Yourself back in 2003. The Broadway legend wrote, Eminem, I had voted for your song too. Was really looking forward to handing you the award. Next time. Well, in a new interview with Variety, M talks about that win and reveals why it took him so long to perform Lose Yourself on the Oscars stage. He explains, quote, back then I never even thought that I had a chance to win. And we had just performed on the Grammys with The Roots a couple of weeks before the Oscars, so we didn't think it was a good idea. And also, back at that time, the younger me didn't really feel like a show like that would understand me. He added, but then when I found out I won, that's crazy. That to me shows how authentic and real that award is. When you don't show up and you still win. That makes it very real to me. Instead of hitting the 2003 show, Slim Shady says he was at home looking after his daughter Haley and didn't even watch. Dealing with the venom and eliminate him. Other words, I'm enemy. I don't want to hurt him, but I did him in a federation. Murder and again, nobody will have enemy. I kill him and dump with the fucking bodies in the lake. Obliterating everything. Incinerator. Renegade him. And as for his performance this year, Eminem said it made sense since he just dropped his new album, Music to be Murdered By, which debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 earlier this month. When asked if he enjoyed the 2020 Oscars, he simply replied, absolutely. I got to hug Salma Hayek. And if you see the pictures on Online, he absolutely was shook. Pretty excited, too. For a full recap of Eminem's interview, head to Billboard.com. Grammy nominated in the sign of shedding tears. All this money, power, fame, and I can't make you reappear. But I'll wipe them, though. We just embrace the only life we know. The ingredients that I, I intend to put in the music is, you know, honesty. I, I, I intend to inspire people with my story. Um motivate young people that grew up like myself or even not like myself just you know go through the human experience during the Grammy Awards last month, Ava DuVernay introduced a tribute to Nipsey Hussle that included performances by Meek Mill, DJ Khaled, and John Legend. And it looks like there's more where that came from. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the Emmy-winning director is bringing a documentary about the late rapper to Netflix following a bidding war with Apple and Amazon, and Nipsey's family will even be participating in its creation, with Ava and his Marathon Films producing. Yep, this will be Ava's first doc since 2016's Oscar-nominated 13th, which shines a light on the injustice of mass incarceration of African-Americans and Latinos. Nip himself took part in that film's awards season press tour, offering his perspective on how the for-profit prison system was decimating inner-city communities. Obviously, Ava's now making a documentary about him, but back in 2018, after the release of his album, Victory Lap, Billboard caught up with Nipsey, and when we asked him who he'd want to play him in a movie, he said this. I don't think we look nothing alike, but I think Mac Wiles is a good actor. I think he, he got enough acting chops and authenticity to be able to portray a story like mine, you know what I'm saying? I would like to say Denzel, but that boat is, uh, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> that boat has sailed. The Grammy-winning artist was fatally shot in March 2019 in Los Angeles at the age of 33. In addition to his critically acclaimed music, which includes Victory Lap, and songs like Racks in the Middle and DJ Khaled's Higher, Nip had become a community activist in his native South L.A. and, at the time of his death, had shifted his focus to preventing gang violence. For everything we know about the new project, head to Billboard.com. Fans 
rejoice. Three Six Mafia is back on their hustle and flow. Billboard was the first to learn the Oscar-winning hip-hop group is reuniting for a string of concerts around the United States this year. Yep, Juicy J and DJ Paul are set to hit the road in March with stops in Denver, Minneapolis, Cleveland, New Orleans, Charlotte, and St. Louis through Memorial Day weekend. Paul exclusively told Billboard, quote, this is a must-see. We want everyone to come and be a part of history. We have been one of the most hits-making, most influential groups of all time. We'll have more dates announced soon, but we need all real Mafia fans to tap in and turn up. Go grab some hypnotized minds gear and don't meet me there. Beat me there. Okay, Gary, I gotta say, I love hearing you say turn up. (laughs) It was the first time for everything. Jay added, 3-6 Mafia is back together in 2020. We're about to light it up. At the top of May, the Memphis Icons will also headline the Beale Street Festival in their hometown with more 3-6 shows to be announced at a later date. Another iconic act returning to action this year is Janet Jackson, who also has a new tour on the way as well as new music. Jackson will be releasing her 12th studio set, Black Diamond, at some point this year, and earlier in the week, she stopped by The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon to discuss the meaning behind the album's title. Black Diamond, it's it's the toughest of the stones, of the diamonds to cut. Wow. And and I, 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 I heard that immediately as... Is, is hard to, to, to hurt, to destroy. And in my recent years, I've come to realize that I'm incredibly strong. Also earlier in the week, Janet announced she'll be hitting the road for a new 2020 world tour in support of the forthcoming project. And it looks like the Superstar show is set to feature a mix of music from both Black Diamond and the rest of her iconic discography, including a special performance from her landmark 1989 album, Rhythm Nation 1814, which just celebrated its 30th anniversary. Sit down with Fallon. She also told him what she wants fans to take away from the tour. Whatever stress, troubles in their life, for those two hours, just to leave them all behind, and hopefully they'll have an incredible time. The first leg of the worldwide trek kicks off on June 24th in Miami with stops in 34 cities across North America, including New York City, Detroit, Dallas, Los Angeles, and Vancouver, before wrapping up August 23rd in Tacoma, Washington. That's not all. Janet's joining Bruno Mars as a headliner for this year's Essence Festival of Culture, which will mark Bruno's only 2020 U.S. festival performance. The event will expand for the first time from three days to five, July 1st through the 5th in New Orleans, marking one day for each decade in celebration of Essence's 50-year history. This year's theme is Own Our Power. In addition to Bruno and Janet, the festival's concert series will include other big names such as Ari Lennox, Janelle Monet, and Patti LaBelle, among many, many others. To see up-to-date stops on all these tours, head to Billboard.com. Backstreet's back with the boy band Juice. On Wednesday night, Backstreet Boys stopped by Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen and spilled the tea about competing with NSYNC. After one caller pointed out that both groups were created by now disgraced and deceased music executive Lou Pearlman in the 1990s, Kevin Richardson revealed there was at least one NSYNC hit that was originally offered to the boys. One of them. Pretty sure that was their first song. Um, And we turned it down. member Brian Luttrell added that despite their friendship, the two groups were often pitted against each other by their management. So you're talking about nine years of like busting our butts, working and traveling the world, 
And then when NSYNC came along, it was like, if we said no to something, yeah, they it got kind of threatened. It was kind of threatened to us that, yeah. hey, you know, somebody will say yes. yes. Kevin then backed Brian. We were exhausted and worn out. We yeah. were managed by the same yes. management company. Yeah, but it was okay. all love between yes. us individually. To check out our full recap of the Backstreet Boys interview, including their thoughts on a potential joint tour with NSYNC, head to billboard.com. Look at this week's top chart news. So, Jordan, you know how there are so many TV shows about home makeovers and buying and selling and flipping and flopping and loving or listing houses? Yes, I actually am obsessed with those shows. <laughs> I am too. Uh, so, we have a new number one whose lyrics are along those lines. Marin Morris is The Bones, whose central lyric is, when the bones are good, the rest don't matter. It's a metaphor mixing architecture and love. So, the song hits number one on Billboard's country airplay chart this week, and it makes history in the process. It also ranks at number 10 on the all genre radio songs chart helped by its pop crossover play and as a result it becomes the first song by a woman and no accompanying acts to have top country airplay and reach the radio songs top 10 since with me by Taylor Swift back in 2009, so over a decade ago. In fact, only Carrie Underwood, Faith Hill, and Shania Twain have also achieved the feat, and Marin was pretty excited about it, telling Billboard, quote, the fans have spoken on this one. The very pregnant Morris also tweeted, I will be having a party after I have this baby so I can drink all the margaritas. Speaking of Swift, she extends her record on Billboard's digital song sales chart as Only the Young debuts as her 19th career number one. That pushes her further ahead of runner-up Rihanna, who has 14. Swift's new song was released January 31st, the same day that her new Netflix doc, Miss Americana, premiered. Meanwhile, Swift's current radio single is The Man, the fourth song promoted from her latest album, Lover, and the track is off to a good start. It enters the top 25 this week on both the pop songs and adult pop songs airplay charts. Looking ahead to next week, Green Day appears headed for a top 10 debut on the Billboard 200 Albums chart with Father of All, the band's first album since 2016. It should arrive with around 50,000 equivalent album units, according to industry forecasts, while Roddy Rich's Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial should rebound for a fourth week at number one with maybe around 80,000 units. Green Day has been making the rounds promoting its new album and tweeted an image touting that the set contains, quote, no features, no Swedish songwriters, and no trap beats. So, Jordan, no no Nicki Minaj, no Max Martin. I guess stick with what's been working for 25 years, right? Oh, yes. The angsty teenager in me is totally nodding her head. <laughs> As always, for the reveal of the Billboard 200's Top 10, check out Billboard.com this Sunday and come back Monday to find out the Top 10 on the Hall 100. That's all we've got for you this week. I'm Jordan Rowling. I'm Gary Trust. See you next time.